Next, in the examination of departments within the IRS Taxpayer Roadmap, we turn our attention to appeals. Thank you for tuning in to Tax Justice Warriors. Welcome to Tax Justice Warriors, the podcast that celebrates the work of low-income taxpayer clinics, focuses on tax controversy work, and looks at related issues in tax news. I'm your host, William Schmidt, the director of the Low-Income Taxpayer Clinic at Kansas Legal Services. So this is part five in my review of the different departments within the taxpayer roadmap. We turn from collections to appeals that the Independent Office of Appeals is an independent organization within the IRS, but they are meant to be independent from other organizations so that when they review and negotiate their cases that they are doing so without favoritism that examinations of cases by appeals officers are independent from IRS examiners and that they are to limit their ex parte communications with revenue agents or IRS counsel so that the appeals officer is not discussing the case internally within the IRS without the taxpayer or the taxpayer's representative present and especially not if the communication would compromise the independence of the office. The organization directly reports to the IRS commissioner and that they have helped over 100,000 taxpayers each year to resolve disputes and avoid tax court. Now, as we go through the process, generally the taxpayer can work toward a resolution with the appeals office or if they do not find that to work out, then they could go into litigation, like I will discuss in an episode soon, that would be either a refund suit or officially tax court. So we begin with the examination of a tax return where there is an adjustment assessed. So the examinations department Now, the taxpayer and the revenue agent could reach an agreement at the end of the examination that the taxpayer could accept some or all of the adjustments and sign a Form 870, which would allow the IRS to assess their liabilities without complying with statutory restrictions, and then it would go to collections. But also, another recourse is that the taxpayer could fully pay the amount due and then go for the refund suit to where they are suing the IRS in district court for the amount of the refund paid. But we are going to focus in more depth on the unagreed cases that that would lead to a preliminary notice regarding the deficiency, so a 30-day letter The taxpayer could give up and sign a Form 870. If they don't respond, then they could ultimately receive the 90-day letter, the Notice of Deficiency, where the taxpayer has 90 days to file the petition with tax court. But the other main alternative, they could contest the findings with the appeals office and have 30 days to request an appeals conference. So if they write in a protest letter to the IRS 
then that is technically termed a non-docketed case with appeals, where the appeals officer has settlement authority over the case. Otherwise, the IRS would be sending the notice of deficiency where the taxpayer files a petition with the tax court, and it would first go to appeals to be examined, and that would be a docketed case because it is docketed with the tax court. Now, during that case, the appeals officer would have the authority to settle the case. They are looking at the hazards of litigation, but if the case is not ultimately settled with the appeals officer, it would go on to IRS counsel, who again has the authority to settle the case. Now, an appeals conference itself is between the appeals officer and the taxpayer or their representative. It is informal. There are no formal rules of evidence. And the taxpayer should bring all of their evidence, all the documents that would explain their side of the story, why they claimed certain items on the tax return in order to argue their case and get the best possible results with appeals. Now, an appeals conference can be potentially in person. They are often by telephone, but there are also virtual ways to have a appeals conference, though in my experience it is most often over the telephone. Now also to let you know that the non-docketed cases, they could also do a post-appeals mediation. There is alternative dispute resolution with the IRS to facilitate settlements. The taxpayer and the appeals officer may request binding arbitration where there are unsettled facts. If they come to an agreement, then the taxpayer would sign a Form 870-AD, and a closing agreement could also be done where there are mutual concessions and the tax effect is material. That's more narrow than a Form 870 or an 870-AD. If that is the case, then neither party can reopen the case unless there has been fraud, misrepresentation, or malfeasance. So some of the benefits of appeals is that it can be less costly and take less time than going through the tax court process. There is the potential to recover administrative or litigation costs, including attorney's fees, but in order to do so, the taxpayer must be a prevailing party, and the IRS cannot be substantially justified. Now, in reviewing tax court cases, that can be a high burden on the taxpayer. So even though there is the potential to recover those costs, it is not terribly likely that the taxpayer can do so. So just to warn you in advance that while there is the possibility, it is not quite as likely for what can happen with appeals. Now, because the taxpayer may get a fresh review of their case, there are times that this may be one of the first main humans who is examining the case and not necessarily a computer review of 
the taxpayer's issues. So I certainly recommend that the taxpayer gather all of the, the forms of evidence showing why they took a stance regarding a credit or deduction, whichever business expenses may have been, or claiming a child regarding child-related tax benefits, so showing that the child lived with the taxpayer over six months of the year and meet different family requirements and so on. So it is certainly in the taxpayer's best interest to be organized when working with appeals. In what I have seen, when a taxpayer just essentially dumps all of their paperwork on the appeals person, then often the appeals officer does not have the time to organize the paperwork and figure out what the taxpayer is trying to communicate. So they may often say that the case could not be settled and send it on to counsel. So it is certainly in the taxpayer's best interest to organize their paperwork, explain everything the best they can to appeals regarding their case. And I've found that often appeals officers are easy to work with. They want to come to the right result. The main negative I've seen is that some of them seem to be overworked and may not spend as much time in working the case as they should. But overall, I think appeals is a great resource for the taxpayers that they can make their claim to the IRS regarding what should have happened and what should be the result on their tax case. They can explain everything they need to that the appeals officer should listen and view what is happening correctly in the case. Hopefully they can come to a settlement that everyone can agree with, but it is wonderful that they are an independent agency within the IRS that the taxpayer can work with for finding the right result on their case. So overall, I hope this has been a good introduction to the appeals department for you, and I thank you for tuning in to Tax Justice Warriors. Thank you for listening to Tax Justice Warriors. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support this podcast. Providing monetary support for this podcast helps with expenses like equipment or travel to tax conferences. Supporting this podcast through Patreon comes with rewards, so check out our Patreon page. Please rate or review this podcast because positive reviews help get more people to know this podcast exists. The views expressed on this podcast are not official opinions of the IRS, the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Program, or the employers of the people who spoke on this program. Your tax situation is unique, so do not take the statements on this program as tax or legal advice. Consult with your own tax professional to provide you with specific advice on your situation. Tune in next time on Tax Justice Warriors for another interesting tax discussion.